and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, we are coming to you on an international, I don't know what day it is, Tuesday or something. And we're going to look at the Reds that play the game against Blackpool. It all looked like it was all going to be very Roy Hodgson for the first half, but then all of a sudden it became very Jurgen Klopp. Um, we'll take a look at the ongoing monotonous transfer sagas and prepare ourselves for the start of the, are we calling it now, the attack of the Premier League title as opposed to the defence of the Premier League title. So to run through all those bits and pieces, I've got um, I've got Jay Reid in Liverpool. Jay, how are you? Very well, mate. Looking forward to the end of this international break. As always, it's just dragged things back a little bit, but I think we've got one more day maybe of international football. I don't know. Um, and then the real business gets started. As you say, the attack has clopped put it on the title rather than the defence, which is always a, a nice little motivational punt to put out there. So there's plenty to talk about. So, yeah, we'll get stuck into it. Uh-huh. Um, and I've also got um, John Henderson in... Where are you? Are you in Belfast, Johnny? Are you up in Donegal? Oh, you're in Belfast, in Belfast. I'm just not far from you, David. That's not good. And how are you? Are you having a lo- having a lovely time? I'm having a I'm having a grand wee time. I am not too bad. That's good. That's good. Well, it's good to have you on again. And I've also got uh, Neil Patterson in Berlin. Chief, how are you this evening? Hi, not too bad at all. Nice to be on. How's it going yourself? Uh, I'm doing well, thanks. Doing the best. So, Chief, let's take a little look at Blackpool first. It was all a bit strange. It was 2-0. Um, it was Alison doing mad stuff. Um, and everybody looking a wee bit all over the shop. Um, and then and then Minamino happens, really. Um, and he, he showed flashes when he came on against Arsenal in the Community Shield. But I think the second half against Blackpool was impressive. Kind of stood out. But... But Minamino, that was the first time we really got an understanding of maybe how he's going to be used and how he can be used most effectively because he's kind of been, you know, drafted in on the left-hand side or, you know, not really knowing what he's doing, kind of floating in a, an inside right position. But this looked for the first time like it was a defined role that was almost bespoke as opposed to trying to fill someone else's shoes. On the game itself, it 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 started off, yeah, uh, in a in a fairly a fairly poor manner, shall we say? It was a it was a bit of a bizarre team, uh, you know, forced upon the manager a little bit because of the international break and and the fact that all the all the players playing for European teams were uh, unavailable. So it was kind of like the the first choice front five and uh, and and sort of a mishmash further back, a, a back four that never. Never played together, you wouldn't have thought. And it sort of started off a little bit like that. Um, so obviously there's the we 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 go to now behind. There's the the Billy Comedio um, mistake, if you want to call it that. Yeah, Salah's ball wasn't the best, but yeah, he dallied a little and it could have done better. Um, they break away. And it's a good finish. He buries it bottom corner. And uh, then there's the Allison one, um, the the penalty. And Allison was it was a little bit out of sorts. In general, on the day, he had a, he had a couple of moments, um, but yeah, we grab a goal just before half time. Joel Maddock with a with a booming header, and it was good to see him actually get forty five minutes in the first half, get some get some time in his legs. He was looking looking decent, 
and um, second half, yeah, it, it, it sort of it changed. It all changed. We went and rattled in six without reply, and we won the game seven two. So Minamino, the role, it, it seemed very very um, marked that he was he was ten yards further ahead of 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 Kaida and Fabinho really from the start. Fabinho didn't have the best of games, obviously, in the first half, and that didn't help. But uh, a couple of changes at halftime. Curtis Jones comes on. Who's the other change at halftime? <laughs> a couple of changes anyway at halftime. Curtis Jones comes on. I said, sorry, I was on mute. At centre half, wasn't it? He uh, bought Van den Berg and Phillips on Van the back. Van den Berg. Actually, yeah. I actually thought Van den Berg did very well in the second half as well. Obviously, probably looked a, looked a bit easier for him because Liverpool were, were playing much, much better. But I thought he looked he looked assured uh, for such a, such a young kid. Um, but anyway, yeah, Minamino was was uh, freed then a little bit, and um, his link-up play with Bobby um, is he's, he gets an assist, he gets a goal, he's involved in pretty much every goal. Um, some of the some of the corner routines that they work involving him uh, bear fruit a couple of times. I think he's involved for, for the Matty goal. Uh, I think he's also involved in the in the corner routine that eventually gets Vandenberg his his goal the last goal which was it was was a thing of beauty like ping 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 goal um, really really nice and he's just very much at the centre of everything um, really really encouraging he looks fit he looks much more robust and he looks like um, it's a real real going to be a real addition to the to this first team going going forward. So, yeah, all, all good signs. Uh, a little bit of rustiness at the beginning. Um, but, I, as I said, with, with the back five never having played together before, it, it, it sort of stands to reason a little bit. And you've got a 17-year-old there, a 16-year-old Billy Comedio as well. And, you know, that it, it's nothing really to worry about. You, you wouldn't back Allison to have too many more off days either. So, all in all... Pretty encouraging, and, and certainly Minamino and, and Kaida were, were really, really good, as was Curtis Jones when he came on. Jay, it's, the, the shape change is really interesting, and I think, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but significant that neither of the fullbacks play. Mm-hmm. And as Chief mentioned, pre-pod, it's very, very much through the middle. Um, and I wonder, is, is this due to the fullbacks not playing that we've made this adaption, or is this potentially something that we are now trying to look at playing directly through the middle and trying to weave little quick movements and passes on the edge of the penalty area to try and break the lines because everybody knows the danger that the two fullbacks pose and everybody knows the danger that Liverpool create from wide areas. And teams are going to try to get wise to that and teams are going to try and, and put measures in place to specifically stop those two playing and we've seen it happen so far so you know I suppose this is a chicken or egg conversation is this something you expect to see in order to try and maybe give the fullbacks a little bit more space or potentially be utilised whenever they're they're being nullified I think it's a bit of bit of both of what you say it's a, it's a string to our bow that we it's always good to have many options um, and it's obviously it's a well-known fact if one of our full-backs is playing and the other one isn't, it, there's a huge like disbalance within the team and a lot of the play will go down one side and opposition teams will get wise to it and close off that avenue with two or three players. So it's good to have the options then to mix things up and it also then shows that we can 
we can do things, although it was only Blackpool, so it's only a small scale sample size, but it shows that we can go to other other formations, we can put other players on the pitch, and I think a lot of us saw Minamino when he played against us for Salzburg, and would expect that player to come right in, and you know that a, a huge expectation, and you know when you take a step back and actually assess things properly, then a lot of players who do come to Liverpool and play under Klopp, who've not played in sort of systems like that before, will take time to adjust. Obviously, we've seen it with Fabinho and Robertson, to name two in the past. So it looks like he is now fully settled. He's fully integrated. And you can just see with his body language on the pitch, he, he looks happy. He looks like he's involved. So that could be obviously a, a key player going forward into the season. And although we'll get to transfers later, it it's not like a new signing in inverted commas, but it sort of is because he didn't really feature last year with the lockdown and he sort of was getting 20 minutes, 15 minutes here and there. But the fact that we can play more direct down the middle and we've got the ability to, to interchange fast. And I think also if we do maybe shift to this 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 fluid or however you want to label it, whether you give Bobby the, the roam of the field, which it showed in Minamino's goal went from, I think it was nine, nine seconds from the edge of his own penalty box, defending to setting up an assist for Minamino. We could actually see a new side to Bobby Firmino, which we know he's got anyway, but a lot of people do think he is a number nine. He's got to do everything within the penalty box, but we know that he doesn't have to and he can drop back and I think he could unleash another side to his game, which would then only be good for us and you'd imagine would lead to more goals, more chances, more opportunities. And it, it just gives us more options and make us less predictable because there was a few times last season in games where teams set up with, right, we'll, we'll sit in, we'll nullify the threat from wide and before you know it, the likes of Salah and Mane are frustrated because they're not getting any space to run in behind defenders and the midfield have dropped into a, a bank of five, even six or sometimes, and blocked off the avenues for Trent and Robbo. And it does become a little fris- frustrating. And you did see occasions where we did look a little bit lost for ideas. So if we can mix it up and go a bit more direct and, and Nisa play through the middle of the field, then it makes us a, a more threatening option. And it gives us more chances to, to put teams to the sword, really. So, Johnny, it's, it's an interesting point that Jay makes on Firmino there. Um, we've, we saw the interchange with, with Minamino and he might be one that benefits most from this change in, in shape um, and Minamino's ability to kind of do his job for him in certain aspects of the game, if you will. Because we've seen occasions, certainly over the last couple of seasons, probably even more so last season, where he's, they, try to box him, they try to box him out of the game. Um, and he finds it really, really difficult to get into the game. And there's an occasion on on Saturday where you know he's, he's picking the ball up in the edge of on the edge of the box. You know, five five seconds later, he's making a run into the penalty area, and you can't box that. You can't mark that. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can't do anything. You can't do anything to keep tabs on a player that, that's moving like that around the pitch. So um, with Minamino taking that possession up as if you like the focal point. Um, it allows him to vacate that role and maybe find a bit of space and freedom elsewhere in the pitch. If there's one thing we've seen with 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 Klopp, he, he's always thinking ahead. He's always trying new things. You know, you always get that impression when you 
when you hear about him and uh, and, and lenders and the way that they, you know, the, the way they prepare for a season um, and the amount of data those guys use, they know that you've got to you, you've got to keep it fresh. You've got to you've got to have that variety. It goes back, remember, to the start of the season where Klopp wasn't happy with the with the set pieces, and he told the, the backroom staff to basically give me a new playbook of set pieces. You know, so they're big thinkers about the small details. And it was a theme, you know, not that as a team that ended up with 99 points, there's not many teams that figured us out. But um, there there definitely will be teams evolving their game to sort of cut out. You know, you've seen it initially with Firmino with crowd in the middle because teams were cottoning on to the fact that, you know, he's a really important man. He drops deep, takes people away. Um, and he leaves that space in behind, which Mane Salah have exploited. Teams of them tried to cut out the passing lanes, try to stop the supply going out to the fullbacks. Um, and no, no doubt teams will do it. Liverpool have better footballers than most teams, though, so usually they do find a way, regardless, to win, as the results of the last two seasons would tell you. But I think it is exactly what you say, Dave. It's, it's them looking at things and going, right, well, this team are now strong enough to manage games. That's one thing with this team. If a ga- if a game plan isn't isn't working, they'll switch. They're intelligent and mature enough now as a team to to change what they're doing. And I think what you are seeing, you've seen in the in the in the Community Shield as well, is there was a big big onus, especially when Keita Minamino came on in that game uh, on quick one twos, as you say, breaking the lines around the box, going through the middle playing Salah and Firmino really narrow, actually down the middle, in the box. Um, Firmino and Salah, you know, being really central with Minamino coming in close behind him. I do think it'll be, it's something they're working on. I think they are thinking, well, if teams are going to try and shut us out wide, you know, what Rafa Benitez is famous expression about the blanket. You know, you've got a blanket, you, you can't cover everywhere. You're going to leave some part exposed and teams are going to try and, you know, over-resource themselves out wide. Let's punish them through the middle. Um, but I would echo what the you know what the guys are saying there about Minamino. It's 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 exciting because I think he looked even a little bit sheepish in the trophy lift and those celebrations. You know, almost like he didn't really feel part of it. But I think you can see his demeanor now in the pitch. Physically, he looks stronger. He scored that goal against Arsenal. He looks now like a guy who's ready to come in. And make a difference, and it is really interesting, Dave, what you're saying about, you know, the, the Firmino's role changing again, you know, and and giving him that freedom. So, I've, I've absolutely no doubt they were they were they were they were trying that out on purpose. It was deliberate on Saturday, and that's to, for me. This is the great thing about this season that I'm really looking forward to. We've got brilliant fullbacks that can, you know, their assist records are off the charts. We've got a brilliant front three. But we've also got Inkeda and Minamino, two players that really the league doesn't really know the full impact of what they can do. Uh, and, and I think we're going to see it. So it'll be exciting to watch. And um, I'm expecting us to play a lot of really good good stuff this season, as well as win the league again. OK. Um, so, Chief, as Johnny says there, like 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 two new signings. So... <laughs> So uh, we don't, no need, no you know, need to worry about... You know, no you're, you know about, you're going to get pelters for that, Dave. Yeah, no FSG need to worry up. about dipping into the transfer market, is there? Um, so, look, um, I think it, it's, 
it's been it's been well covered um, the last couple of days. The the thread from from the the Swiss Ramble account on on Liverpool's finances, and um, I don't want to labour too much on it, Chief. But there's one thing that that stuck out for me, and um, it was the the increase in the wage bill since Klopp has come in. It's it's up eighty seven percent. It's almost doubled, and um, I think one thing that we said for a long long time um, is we can't keep losing our best players you know or Torres's or Suarez's or Alonso's or Sterling's or Mascherano's we, we can't keep losing these players and expect to expect to compete um, and we're no longer losing our best players and even if we think they're our best players I continue they're not but that comes at a cost ultimately and yeah you need to have success in order to keep these players satisfied and content at the club but you also need to pay them, and you also need to pay them big. At the minute, that increase is coming at a cost of of us potentially being able to dip into the transfer market like we like we once were. Because yes, we've got the new the new Nike deal, etc. But that money and that revenue stream is going to take a while to actually take effect. Because as we know, it's it's a it's very much an a, a merchandise sold per item kind of deal, um, the way the deal is structured. So, you know, until those accounts start rolling in and those numbers are sold over a number of years, we're not really going to see the benefit of that just yet. So, you know, where do you stand? Or do you feel that potentially the owners should just bite the bullet um, and dip into their own pockets? Or... Do you feel that this is this is this is what we've got to by by doing it this way, and we're going to just need to continue to find find new and, and innovative ways to do things a little bit more differently? Um, I don't know, uh, a little bit of both, maybe. Uh, I don't think. I think whatever happens, you know, the the people involved are, are best placed to make that judgment. I mean, I think I think Mike Gordon was a risk analyst, but you know, before coming to. To Liverpool, that's yeah, that that was his job. Like so, you know, I I would say that he's he's able to analyze the risk at a at a pretty pretty succinct level. Um, and we so, said this before, Chief. These guys aren't gamblers, you know. Well, they, um, they are, they are, but well, they're card countries. It's cal- really, calculated. it's calculated gambles, isn't it? And it's it's always it's always you know looking to get the best you know the best possible odds you know uh, in their favor so and there's nothing wrong with that in fact it's actually a really good thing obviously uh, you don't want um people are, who are happy with the checkbook and then you know can't can't pay the pay the cost in the end um and at the same time i personally have no desire at all to be bought over by by an oligarch or a you know or a country so um, you know the way things are, we're run very well. Having said that, you know it will be down to to, to how they analyze the risk and how they see uh, the whole thing going with 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 revenues with with COVID and, and so on. I mean, what I would say is that it it's not really it, it's obviously not as literal as we have to sell to buy, but it is it is going to be a case of we need to sort of see that we're going to get some kind of return, that we are going to be able to shift the players we want to shift. And if not for the values we want, then, then 
you know, we have to recalculate and see how we, we take the hit and, and so on and so on. Having said that, you know, the money could be found uh, in an organisation as, as, as the size of Liverpool worth what it is, but, you know, the money could be found. Deals are structured these days anyway. It's not like you'd have to hand over pots of cash all at once and even even wages and so on. There, there have been wages that have been taken off the books. And again, it's not like you, you pay the, the whole contract up front. You know, it, it is spaced out over a over a long period of time. And to be honest, it it comes down to whether they see the 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 lack of fans in the stadiums and the way things are politically uh, around COVID um, being a, a more long term thing, or whether they think it'll get wrapped up in in six months and people will generally be back to normal. Um, some people are gambling on on the latter. I think we're looking at it more like the former. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, um, the the proof of the pudding is always in the eating, and it'll take a year and a bit for us to know if this was the right is the right position to take, or if we we've we've fallen behind a little bit because we we um, overestimated the effects. Who knows? It's probably safer to take the risk that they're taking now. Um, and perhaps fall a position or two, and 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 then you know try to try to get back, rather than uh, rather than to, to kind of blow the bank and and end up completely fucked. So, you know, um, I can see the logic in it. At the same time, I don't necessarily think it is it is as strapped as 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 is being made out. Um, I do think that some of it is also our position there's a lot of negotiations going on at the moment um everyone's trying to get the best deal everyone's trying to suss the market out a bit so um yeah it's interesting to, to hear all that stuff and you know it's stuff we we kind of already knew and the wage bill yeah it, it makes sense you sign our model is to sign the players before they become stars as i was saying earlier so you're signing them on, on relatively low wages comparatively and if you turn them into Premier League champions, Champions League winners, Champions League finalists. Each time you're going to bump them and bump them and bump them. So, you know, it's it's not a bit of wonder that the wage bill has gone up like it has. And, you know, it's a good thing that it has. But at the same time, it doesn't mean we can sit still forever. I think sitting still is one thing, Jay. But I think the more I think about things, the less I feel that we are going to see Liverpool sign Jadon Sancho for example, or Erling Haaland. I don't see us going and doing the, the, the Gareth Bale transfers or the you know the Shevchenko transfers or, as it were, the Van Dyke transfers unless there's a glaring gap in a key area of the squad and that's because we've sold someone for a boatload of money like we did with Coutinho. So I think this is something that fans might have to just get their head around that we're not going to see these superstars. We're going to continue with the, the, the Andy Robertson model, if you will, or the Minamino model, if you will. And that probably based on all the signs that's coming out of the club right now, what we're going to see transfer wise for the foreseeable. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I think a few months ago, I'd, I'd love us to sign Sancho. I, I really wish we would, but, the longer the the time goes on and the way you, you look at statistics and the form of how Liverpool operated, and if you take a rational approach to it, then what you say does make sense unless 
a big name goes and there is a glaring hole, then why would you go out there and buy, uh, say, a Jaden Sancho, for example, who is he was a clearly a potentially world class talented player and will come in and command big wages, would would probably command a starting place. Where where would he start? And I think you the the fans assistance I just says, yeah, well it's just nice to have four world class options up front and that would be really nice, but it's not how Klopp operates and it's not how FSG operates, it's not how Liverpool operates, it's not what's brought us the success in the last three or four years so yeah we do then go back to the the model that has brought us success the Andy Robertson the Minamino even the, the likes of Fabinho who we needed a gap there filling but there probably was bigger names out there that people might have had us connected to or thought we would have been interested in but we went and got the one that suited our team best rather than going and getting the glamorous sign and even if you take it back even further than that, to the player that could potentially be on the way out in Wijnaldum, that Klopp seen something in him that at Newcastle we were expecting probably an attacking midfielder to come in, but Klopp seen something with his team and the staff to fill a gap in our team that he seemed vital. So I guess we've all just got to accept the fact that we're not we're not in the same transfer table as Chelsea. As, as as it is this window, we were going out and throwing bags of money at anyone left, right and centre to try and get in. And they're addressing some issues, but they're not addressing the main issue, which is at the back of the field. Or even if you want to drop it down a peg to local team Everton, who were throwing 60, 70 million in the last three or four days at a new midfield. But the main problem is at the back of the field. So we, we've got a strategy. It's worked for us. It's brought us success. And, all right, if you if you if you want to be a party people, you've just got to accept it. But because that's what's brought us to success. If you can't accept that, then I'm sorry. Then you're just not on board with what we are as a club at the moment. Yeah, I think that's all very sensible. Um, and Johnny, you know, it 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 does. It it's worth saying that as much as people like shiny new things and exciting signings and world class talents, there are no glaring holes in Liverpool's squad not really a glaring hole you know we can get by we've shown over the last two seasons that we can get by um with what we have there and and as you rightly said there are additions and you would expect to see Minamino make an impact after the recent evidence and you would expect the hope certainly that that Naby will get more starts and more minutes in the pitch to be able to contribute in that way that really he hasn't been able to do consistently so far. Um, but are you worried that, you know, we we just need that, you know, that one more? I don't know if worried's the right word. I mean, conventional sort of wisdom has always told us, you know, if you ask anybody about, like, what do you do to keep winning? And when Liverpool were very successful in the past, or you talk, or you listen to people like, you know, Ferguson, Alex Ferguson talk about these things, they'll say, keep it fresh. You know, you hear, you know, professionals saying, you know, you freshen things up, a player comes in and it lifts everybody and it keeps everyone on their toes. And and I think there's an element of truth to that. There's too many serious football people that have said that through the years for it not to be probably a thing. But I wouldn't say myself I'm worried. I mean, 
I, I do think if COVID hadn't happened, that we would have signed Werner. Everything points towards that club, like them, they wanted him. Things moved massively. There's so much uncertainty around crowds, sponsorship money, even the Premier League TV deal, 650 million uh, pull out from, the, from, from China. So you're left in a position where ideally, would, would, would I like, because as you say, shiny new things, would I like us to add a Tiago and an option for the front three? Yes, I would. Um, but being very pragmatic about it, the guys have spoke very well there. You know, the, we know that these guys, they're <laughs> FSG are sensible. They're, they're pretty, everything's based on risk assessments and they're looking at everything. And at the end of the day, Liverpool's objective next season is to win the league and to win, to, you know, to retain the league. So it feels good to say that for the first time in a long time, to retain the league and win the European Cup. And is the squad we've got good enough to win the league? Uh, retain that league and go for the European Cup? Uh, in my opinion, absolutely it is. Um, would it have a slightly better chance if we added a Thiago and another option for the front three? I think it would. Um, Klopp, Klopp isn't the manager that's going to throw the toys out of the pram. I think he'd want he'd have wanted Werner. Things changed. He's, he's not the type to whine about it. He, he, he'll get on with it. Um, he also was a big firm believer in bringing players through and leaving pathways for them. Curtis Jones, Keita, Minamino, all they expected to make their impact. They'd want to leave a pathway for them. One of the biggest sort of frustrations with the team uh, was always called out as Rob Robertson when he's out that we didn't have a natural, strong, left-sided fullback. We've totally addressed that. We've brought in a really top-class player there, which we keep forgetting about. That And that's a big, that's a big improvement to our arsenal going forward because that was one thing where... Our, our styles had to slow up a lot when Milner played there. So I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I still think we will bring in one or two. I do. By the time the window plays out and all the deals get done, I think it'll happen. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't say I'm worried. I think if it went on another couple of windows and we, you know, you don't want to stagnate for too long. But our main concern should be: is this team good enough to win lots of football matches, win the league? and go for the European Cup, and everything I've seen from this team, and the age of this team as well, and some people forget, look, look at the age of this team, people are fretting because people are turning 29 and 30, because they're fretting about three years from now, just stop and think about things for a second, we're about to start a league season, and all our big players in that front three are now a preach, you know, they're in their absolute peak, they're going to be for the next couple of years, so um I don't think there's anything to be fretting about. I think um, we'll be right up there. I, I expect us to win the league, and I expect us to have a hell of a go at going for the European Cup as well this season. Um, that's just me. Maybe I'm naturally positive. Maybe other people are feeling like freaking out. I'm not. I'm still very upbeat about it all, to be honest. No, and I think there's loads of reasons to be upbeat. And Chief, you know, it's all we 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 point to a new season. It's a new season. Blah 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 blah. But realistically, you know, it's only a few months from when we're fucking running around beating everybody. You know, things don't change just because the season, things don't change that much in a squad just because the season stops and starts. Yes, other teams have gone out uh, and, and strengthened, but, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of catching up to do when it comes to Liverpool. The one 
that does stick out though is the Wijnaldum situation and you know that would essentially if he were to go take us on a backward step that would be a backward step in my opinion and I know there's been a lot of um, naysayers about Wijnaldum recently but the bottom line is this guy has played more midfield minutes than any other midfielder in the last four years um, and considering what we've won and what we've achieved this team this team you know it, it can't carry anybody there are no passengers in this team there can't afford to be passengers in this team you know win what we've won and, and put the points on the board that we've done over the last two years with passengers in the side. So, you know, given everything that we've talked about with regards to the wage structure, the the outlines on, on bonuses, etc., you know, it's highly unlikely we're going to want to sit down and go, well, you know, Jamie, you've played a lot of football, like loads and loads of football in a really demanding position for us in the last four years and you're rocking off and playing international football all the time do we really think that you're going to be a worthwhile investment at 170 grand a week or 150 grand a week in three or four years time because he's going to be looking a three or four year contract at a minimum um and the likelihood is there's a chance he's going to go now i would have thought that he will go um and I would have thought that Thiago will come in as a replacement. I think that's what's happening. Uh, it seems to be anyway. It would um, There was a little bit of talk that maybe Barcelona were now interested in Thiago, but that seems to have been quashed now completely. Um, it's, it's, it's just, I, I expect that to, to happen. It, it, it seems to be the right time because what you've said there uh, is exactly right. He has played the most minutes. It is an opportune time for for um, for Liverpool to sort of say thank you very much, but um, you know we we're not prepared to offer that length of a contract at at that um, price, and you know maybe this is a good time. Barcelona, you know the opportunity at Barcelona is is, is massive now because Koeman's there. Obviously, there's a there's a strong Dutch connection anyway. They they bought a, a couple of top uh, lads from Ajax couple of seasons ago, didn't they? When Ajax had that great run in the Champions League. Um, and they haven't really done too much there yet. So it it's it could be a you know, it could be a moment for um um well it, it, it seems to be a little bit of a coming together, doesn't it? Kuman's going there, some of the other players are leaving. There's young Dutch talent there. Gina Wijnaldum's is is national captain. They had a great uh, a, a seemingly a great relationship there. They get on very well, so it would make sense, especially since they probably are going to give him the wage that he wants. And um, why not? Like you've 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 won it with Liverpool now. You've won everything, all the important things with, with Liverpool. So yeah, I think it would be a loss, uh, and that's why I think we'll we'll definitely need Thiago to replace him. Whether that was the the plan all along, who knows? But um, it's one of those things, really, because there has that you think maybe it was in the pipeline because there haven't been talks. By all accounts, for quite a while, it's seemingly been. Um, it seemingly see, maybe the understanding was he'd just wind down his contract, but obviously the Cumin thing has maybe changed things uh, at Barcelona. Uh, what's happened there? Maybe sped things up a little bit, but it seems like he probably will go, and and we'll we'll, we'll bring in. Hopefully, we'll bring in Thiago as as the replacement because we'll we'll, de- we'll need to if we lose Genie because that is a, as you say a, 
a 30, 35 to 37 league game a season man who, who likely will go. You know, Chief, it's... If it's, Thiago is to come in, there's been too much noise about it. I'm still, as you say, I'm not convinced enough. Of, I've spoken at length of all the reasons why, but um, it makes much more sense in my head if, if Wijnaldum goes. And is this is this the hold-up? Is Wijnaldum's transfer the hold-up? Or, for instance, any sort of significant transfer fee coming in before we can go in and get him the hold up because I, for the life of me, if we are as interested as people claim that we are, I can't see a reason why it hasn't been done yet. Why it hasn't been done yet? Yeah, well, that that's that's a question that only only the people negotiating the the deal can uh, can answer. Um as to the Wijnaldum thing, like I said, I don't know. It's, it's, it's obviously not as literal as, as as this money's coming in, so this is going out, you know. But maybe it is a maybe it is a case of, of waiting to see what Jimmy is going to decide. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a case of waiting to see if, if there's an offer coming in. But I would doubt that. It seems you know these are these are professional um, professional people, either sportsmen or or negotiators or um, agents or you know, at every level, you know, they've handled tens of hundreds of, of deals and they, you know, they have their way. Nothing is ever, is ever that really that cut and dry. Maybe it's going to be an, an, announced on the same day or something. I would imagine it's going to happen. It has to happen quickly, but it's such a bizarre protracted transfer window. This, this, this time it's, I don't know. Maybe maybe clubs feel that they'll they they could get a, a better fee if they hang on. Uh, maybe there'll be more clubs interested once the season starts and and they realise they're uh, they're lacking in certain areas or whatever. But um, it is frustrating that the, that there is a hold up. But for me, if Genie's going, then there's a huge gap in central midfield, so you have to go out and sign Thiago. You know, especially. It's one of them. It's a it's a no brainer. If not Thiago, then who? As was I think mentioned on the on on an Anfield rap show earlier. If you are if you are going to have a, a gap in that midfield, you need to sign a centre midfielder. The only one we're linked with is Thiago. Um, so you know it's it's going to be a, a push comes to shove situation there. It'll rumble on. It'll continue to rumble on. Um. Because if, if, as you say, Genie does go, and a lot of us are expecting that now, with with all the rumor and conjecture and whatever, if Genie and if and the circumstances, if Genie does go, then then there's a massive gap there. I mean, you're not gonna, you're not just, we're not gonna just drop Naby in and and not have cover. Well, you can't rely on Naby to play play 35 matches. Well, that's it. That's what I mean. There's or or Oxide Chamberlain or uh, whatever. In fact, you probably could rely on Naby and Oxide Chamberlain to, play, to get 35 starts fucking between them a season. Well, on past evidence, you couldn't. You know, hopefully this season we can. But on past, yeah, evidence, that's all we've that's all we've got, Chief. You know, that's hope. all we've got. And if you're yeah. talking about data analysis, which is so prevalent in this team. They're looking at that and they're going, well, these guys can't be relied on. Yeah, they might be able to do it, but you know, we, we can't we can't gamble on that because there's no there's no previous history to suggest that they're capable of it. You know, it's, you're basically just cro- you're just crossing your fingers, shutting your eyes, and 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 hoping hoping for the that, best. Exactly, totally. and and you don't win trophies by you know behaving fucking, like that. 
yeah, finding, you know, finding magic beans and making three wishes or whatever, you know, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but, um, uh, but the two must be linked, you know, the two moves must be linked, mustn't it? Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. So listen, let's 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 get away from transfers because I'm fed up to the back teeth of it. Jay, it's it's Leeds United, it's Leeds, 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 it's dirty Leeds coming to Anfield, it's Bielsa's Leeds. Um uh, we've had guys away in international duty. Um, so of Leeds, to be fair. Um, and uh, I'm not really sure what way we're going to start this. Um, you would expect them to come with the high intensity. You would expect them to know us inside out. Um, if if you know if if you know anything about Bielsa at all, he will have done meticulous research on what to do to try and exploit any gaps that we might have and 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 stop us in our tracks. But do you see us deviating much from what would be the first eleven in the four three three shape? Not really. I think. Maybe the only bone for contention would be who is the midfield three, which is always the topic anyway. For for those, um, just a little side. Because there's a question, or, because there's a question around, there's a question around when Alden's starting based on yeah, of the, course, based on the 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 conjecture around his yeah. around his future. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I'll just put in but for now, like. Uh, Trent did play 86 minutes for England tonight so you'd imagine that probably says that he is match fifth for a majority of a, of a game at the weekend um, so that's our nominal back five sorted you'd imagine it is going to be the front three as the front three is um, Fabinho and then it's two of whoever to go into the midfield and I, I think there's question marks and debate for all Really, Henderson has only been back in training properly this week. Is he ready? Um, Wine Alden contract issue. Naby probably, you would say, is best fitted to start given he's had a full pre season. He's looked quite sharp. Um, and then he might just throw Milner in just for the sake of leads and he wants a bit of steel in the midfield and a little bit of doggedness. And I don't know. It, 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 it's quite possible, I think, that he probably goes with Naby, Fabinho and Henderson. And you probably see Milner for the last 25 minutes for Henderson because he probably won't get the full 90. Um, and if there is a question mark over Wijnaldum's future, then he, he might just be on the bench. Yeah, it's interesting. Is Are we still concerned that Henderson isn't going to be fit enough to start? I don't... I think he, he, he'll probably want to try and get him in and get him involved. Um, and if he gives him 60-65, it does give him licence to bring on Milner, even Curtis Jones maybe, Wijnaldum if he is on the bench. Um, but I think he might just go with Henderson because he likes his, his tried and trusted. It's the opening game of the season and he'll, he'll want to get three points on the board. And it, it also gives us just a little head start on, on City because they don't play this weekend and just little psychological things like that is always a little bonus um, especially early on in the season when we do play them so I think he will go with Anderson just purely he's had a full week's training he's seen him day in day out 
where the likes of Wijnaldum's been away with the Netherlands. What what headspace is he in? I, I imagine as a professional by the years, he'll probably be all right anyway. But I think he's had Keita, Fabinho and Henderson on the training pitch every day, as well as the front three. So I, I would I would hazard a guess that that's how he starts. Yeah, it's 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 more than likely. And Johnny, it's you know we we shouldn't we shouldn't concern ourselves. I feel too much around performance because we have a history over the last two or three seasons of just grinding out victories, kind of the first six weeks, and we take them in little we take them in little blocks of threes or fours or whatever way they come um, with with the international break. And you've also got a game I think Wednesday night. But do you do you just see this as a standard opening day? Just go out, just get the three points. If it's a one nil, you know, make it happen. But just get yourselves over the line, and you know, it's it's far less about style over substance here, and it, it's really all about just getting the result. Yeah, it is. Uh, but that being said, we've we've started seasons, you know. Against supposedly weaker opposition at home, I think we started last year. Norwich was four 0 It was West Ham the season before that. It was four 0 So whilst we've been a grinder of a team the last two years, <clears throat> we do like to fly out of the blocks at home. Um, and I think uh, I don't think we have a game. We we play Leeds obviously Saturday half five, and then we've got a big game, don't we? Chelsea on the Sunday. So I think we've got eight days. Got a bit of a, a break. I, I mean, I think, I think. Do we not have? Do we have an EFL Cup game in there? I think that's after Chelsea. Is it? It's after okay. Ch- yeah, yeah, midweek after Chelsea. So, for me, um, I think we'll be looking. I, I think it's a good team for us to play. Um, it, it'll be really interesting. I mean, I've got a personal real interest in the game because my 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 father is a lifelong. Leeds supporter, so I've probably watched outside of the Premier League. I don't think there's a team I've watched more than I've watched Leeds, and especially when they got the Elsa, I was really excited. I'm just a bit gutted I won't get the chance to take my dad after this this season because uh, he was dying to go back because he'd been there in the in the sixties in the Don Revy era, um, and that's just a personal thing. But I think. Um, I, I think Leeds are a good side for us. They'll be well prepared. They'll be intense, as you say. But the thing with Leeds is they, they really do give you a chance. I mean, they play football and they really they play some. They really do play some outstanding football. You know, as a championship team, some of the combinations and how quick, quick they are in transition. It really was something. You know, they they were, they were great to watch. But they're going into this game with real problems um for me because i think out of their out of their sort of back four they'll probably have dallas at right back because you look ailing who plays right back for them um he'd probably have to play center at, at, in the center with cooper um because they've lost ben white who, who brighton have managed to hold on to him and he was an outstanding player for them and Ailing's going to have to probably play in the middle with, with Cooper. They, they brought a guy, Cock, who, Robin Cock, centre-back. It's unlikely he's had enough time, um, I would say, to start the game for them. Same goes for Rodrigo, the, the Spanish international, who's a real coup for them. But those him and, and, and Cock have had so little time. 
it would be very un Bielsa like. He's a bit like Klopp and that he likes to have them well integrated in the system before he play them. So I think it's a really yeah, good time. I, would, I doubt Rodrigo's had any time because he's been away with Spain as well since he's signed. He has, 100%, Dave. So for me, I think when they get their groove and those guys settle, they, they, this Leeds team will upset a few teams. I have no doubt about that. And I think they'll have more than enough to stay up. I think they'll, they'll concede goals, but I think... You know, there's there, there's definitely three worse teams than them in this league, but I think it's a good time to play them, and I think um, I'd agree with what the guy said there. I, I just think the midfield is going to be the interesting one. I actually do think he'd go with Fabinho and Milner and Keita, because I think Keita's been probably since lockdown, ended our best player, Fabinho. Um, Wijnaldum, you've got this the contract thing. Henderson has a you know, he hasn't really started enough games and they'll want him just right. I would expect Henderson to come on maybe with about half an hour to go, get him some minutes in the legs, uh, get him a bit sharper for, for Chelsea, where he'll definitely be starting the following week. But for me, the game will be won by our front three because I think with, with Cooper and Aileen, sort of makeshift centre-back pairing, Stuart Dallas, you'll know a lot about him, Dave, Northern Ireland player, uh, good good player, but... You know, him at right. Well, he's be, he's he's Bielsa's Milner, really. He just yeah, he's, he, plays, utility, he plays him anywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they've got to think it's Barry Douglas or your your guy Alioski, who's a really good footballer. But you know, you look at the matchups there. We'd probably Mane against um, Dallas and Salah against um, Salah against Douglas and and, and you know. Mane against Dallas and our front three. We just should have too much. I do. I, I think. I think it'll be three or four one. And I think sentimental reasons. He might might give Milner his place because I'm sure Milner's in his ear going. He'd love to start. He'd love to start this game more than any other probably all season. Um. So it'll be, it'll be good. But I, I I think get the job done. Rattle in a few goals and then you know Chelsea's going to be a humdinger the following week. Given all their signings, that'll be a real interesting but I'm, but I'm really looking forward to it I think it'll be a really good game good game of football and some days you start watching it yeah uh, let's hope so Chief any advance on the any advance on the midfield three or do you foresee a potential shape change I don't know it would be it's a, it's a funny one because you'd think you would just think given given Minamino's preseason form it's it would be easy to start him, and it would be easy to accommodate him. I I was going to say, I mean, I think Minamino might might be in the the eleven, um, just because just the way that we lined up in the final friendly there, and obviously it was it was partly uh, necessity, but. He likes a bit of a dress rehearsal from time to time, and it was a it was a it was a significant sort of a significant. Uh, he played a very strong uh, front six, um, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be beyond the realms that it was a it, you know it was a little bit of a dress rehearsal. Obviously, Fabinho gets gets a hug at half time, but with the with the regular back five plus Fabinho in there, Kaida Minamino, and then the front three. I wouldn't be overly surprised if if that were if that were the eleven. Having said that, if if Jordan Henderson is match fit, um, and and club wants to start him, then 
uh, again, he's, you would imagine that uh, that that might take precedence. Well, Klopp, Klopp wants to, Klopp wants to start him because Klopp always wants to start him. Yeah, it's kind of whether, he's like, matched, you know, whether he's matched, whether he's matched fit, isn't it? So if he's if he's fit enough, but he has he's been out a while, hasn't he? So he he doesn't usually rush them back in, but then he you know a full week of training is is a full week of training, and you know maybe if he's ready, he's ready. He sees him sees him you know up close and personal every day, so. Um, that you know that could be the only thing. However, um, it, it would be exciting. It would be interesting. It would be exciting. Um, I think Minamino gives us a, a looks like he can give us a a different dimension. Um, you know, as as you mentioned before, um, it gives us the option of going through the middle much more. It gives us the option of sort of playing a little bit scruffier and, and sort of picking up. Scraps, especially if if teams are gonna um, defend deep against us. Now Leeds probably won't. You know Leeds probably are a good team to be to be up against because you know Bielsa plays in 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 very much a pressing and and um, transitional style. You know, um, having said that, the realities of stepping up the Premier League and, and playing against it's the first game though. You'd imagine they're gonna want to you know play their way, and you imagine they they will just play their way the whole season anyway. Um, Bielsa is not really one for for changing things up. Um, no, he's not going to so, compromise his, his, his yeah, it's not philosophy. Really, no, not at all. So, so it could be perfect. It could be ideal. We could whack them. On the other hand, it could be it could be three two or you know. But we have to win, as you as you as you said. Uh, that's the most important thing on opening day is to is to win, especially this season. Uh, as Jay alluded to, with the, with us getting a head start, sort of on City, and with the games coming thick and fast, getting getting off to a good start is going to be crucial. So, uh, whatever way it does go, it wouldn't be a shock to see Minamino in there. Would be quite exciting. But you know, if you've got a midfield three of of Henderson, uh, Fabinho, and um, and Naby Keita, that's also uh, not too shabby either. And you've got uh, Minamino then to to introduce from the bench. Yeah. So, you know, we'll 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 move. We'll move to the first game, and it's the attack or defense of our title, or whatever way you want to want to put it. And it's you would argue, Jay, that we've we've put two title winning seasons back to back, given our performances, given the points on the board, given the the mental resilience that was shown, and um, history would dictate that that very very seldom happens three years in a row. Um, and I can go on just. Can really just look at title wins here, but as much as everybody would like to build a dynasty, etc., etc., um, on only four occasions in the history of English football has a team won the top flight three years in a row. Um, Arsenal did it in the 30s, we ourselves did it between 81 and 84, I think. If I just check, yeah, and then Ferguson's United did it twice, um, 99 to 2001, and um, seven. Uh, oh, oh, oh yeah, oh sixty oh nine. So, you know, it, it's as much as we say, yeah, we'll go out, we'll win the league, and we're the best team, we've got the best squad, blah blah. This is historically a difficult, difficult, almost impossible ask of a group of players. It's twenty twenty though, and anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, I, I I get your point. Um, it, it it is it's a very hard ask. Um, 
if you think of the sides down the years that haven't been able to do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 it, you you don't want to drag it back to this, but like the investment they've had in the likes of City and Chelsea in the last 10, 15 years, for example, that have had multi millions invested in them. We're not we're doing it a different way, but you're asking these lads to go again with at the as as it stands, very few additions to what they've got. Maybe a couple of youngsters coming through, the odd player here and there, but it, it's a it's a huge ask and I, I would like to put my head on the line now and say, Yeah, we're gonna win this league, but it's gonna be harder than last year, I think, and that to me will also be down to the sample size of lockdown being A, the fact that we, we had the league won, but B, the no fans. I think I mentioned it before that we play off the fans, Klopp plays off the fans, the fans play off the team and it's all a, a harmonious partnership and whether it was just because we were coming back off a strange period with lockdown and it was we're finishing the season but we know we've won the league and there was no fans in the stadium. I don't know if it was just all that but I think we, we do miss a little bit of an edge without the fans in the stadium and maybe that could be a factor this year. We we, we won't know until it plays out. Um, but it's not going to be easy. But I don't think this season will be won with a league total point of, of what we've seen in the last two years. I think it'll probably be very low 90s this year. I think as teams proved last year, you can get at Man City, you can find weaknesses in their game, you can pick them off. And, and we're not going to be as invincible as we once was. We, we will have games where we will lose. We will come into sticky moments. We probably will have actually get some injuries because even though we've we've had injuries, we've been quite lucky in the respect that we've not really lost nominal players a la Trent, Virgil, one of the front three for a sustained period of time. We've lost... like. We lost Allison for a few games. We've lost Henderson for a few games. Keita, Fabinho. But we've just had enough to fill in. I think if we lose one of those five, being Trent, Virgil or the front three, I think we, as it stands, we could be in, in trouble. So I wouldn't be surprised if we did pick up an injury because the lads are just playing consistently for what is going to be two to three years if, if you include the ones who are going to go to the Euros. And that next summer after they've played pretty much all the way through this year and straight into the next season, which is also condensed as well into eight months, I think, rather than nine and a half. So injuries are to be expected. So it, it will be hard, but you, you've just got to be optimistic and say, like, we are the defending champions. We're the team to beat. We're now going to target on our back. How are we going to handle it? We hope we'll handle it well. And there's no better way to go out there than Saturday afternoon, put a marker down and say to the likes of Man City, this is what we're bringing to the table this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Johnny, just given what I've said there, you know, it, it's, it is a big ask. And Jay's rightly cited the, 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 the lack of fresh, fresh faces in the squad, etc. But history will show you that even multi-million pound signings, um, for Chelsea and Manchester City have have been unable to secure triple league titles. So we can't just put this down this the, the signing players. It, it's it's more than that. And um 
I I suppose myself think it it really is down to it's down to the manager and down to the coaching staff as to how inventive and creative they can be in making us more unpredictable than we have been. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm going to say it now. I think we'll win the league. I don't think we'll win it as comfortably as this season because, frankly, that only happens <laughs> in a, once in a hundred years or twice in a hundred years if you're Liverpool, Man City, setting raising the the standards. But my reasons for thinking we'll win it are quite simple, really. I think that um, the only team capable of stopping us are City, who were way off us last year, lost nine games. Um, they've, for me, they still haven't really replaced company. They've lost David Silva. They've lost Sané. Have they really made up in terms of what they've added to their team? Have they really added enough to bridge the gap that we saw last season? I, I don't think they have. I think Chelsea still have too many questions about their back four and keeper. Agree with Jay. I think you know we'll probably lose. We, we might, God forbid, lose a few games. I mean. There's there's a funny part of me as well with this that I'm almost looking. We've been talking about how intense it's been and all, but these guys didn't play any football from March to June. They had a three month break, and really there was only two, three of those games after that break where there was something on them, and then the league was won. So I'm I'm a little bit different on this. I sort of feel like we won the league in March. That was six months ago. We haven't really had to put the foot down or chase or really stress in a game. So part of, and this might be me just wishful thinking, but part of me thinks we sh- we should be feeling rested. You know, we should be feeling rested. I think after that three month break, then I got back up and go and going. You know, we didn't have any involvement in Champions League, the Europa League, the European competitions. We've had a break. We haven't really had to put the foot down. I would say these guys will be chomping at the bit. As you say, Dave, you know, options, yes. Is it likely, given the pace of the games, that we could lose a couple of players? Yes. But we lost our goalkeeper for, you know, nearly a third of the campaign last season. We, we lost Fabinho. We lost, uh, we lost Henderson. We lost players at various stages. I think we've got the tax tactical flexibility with the likes of Minamino and Keda. Um it's a big, big ask, but this is a really good team of players, brilliant team of players. Um probably a debate to be had if they win the league this season, one of the greatest group given the points totals, one of the greatest teams we've had. Um and they're all in their prime. They're all in their prime. That front three, that midfield, they are in their prime. Their best, their best years. So I am quite bullish on this. Um, I think it's our title, our title to lose. I don't see Chelsea stepping up. Can Guardiola get the the tune out of City that he was getting the see the, the last two seasons before last season? Can he get that out of them again? I'm not so sure. You've seen it against Leon, you know, in a really big game like that, and um, they didn't have it. They didn't have it. They fell way, way short when the pressure was on. So I think it'll be tighter. I think we might have to do, do some different things. But um, I'm pretty confident we'll have number 20 uh, by the end of this, this season. And uh, I think we'll go, deep, we'll go deep in the European Cup as well. And 
with a great chance, great chance of winning both, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm quite upbeat about things, to be honest. Good enough, you'll do me. Chief, we're going to win the league. But I agree with Johnny. I think we will win the league. Um, and I agree with, with where he's coming from as well. Um, it's it's sort of the first time. In fact, it is. It's the first time that um, the the top players have, have been there for the full for the full pre-season they're not even you know front three's not been called away on on international duty even now so they've they've had as long there's been no tours so there's been no flying there's been no fucking I don't know fixing cars and doing photo shoots and serving donuts and any of that jazz and they've probably had as long as they, they normally have in a pre-season to, uh, to train to work with the manager um and as Johnny said, they had the three months off, which is longer, you know, was famously said, longer than any footballer playing in England has had off since the since the war. So a, a, a remarkably long break if you're a footballer. So I guess they are rested, and we should be we should be sort of raring to go. We should be sort of um, chomping at the bit, almost chomping at the bit. But um, from as Johnny said, like March, it was wrapped up. I mean, the thing, because cause the way the season got curtailed, uh, the way it did, um, that's a basically a, such a such an obvious cutoff point. And because it happened, you know, looking back at the season, you could, we've said so many times, oh, Leicester, maybe Leicester away, or maybe even before that, maybe, you know, I was watching a review of the season, and the points gap was massive from fucking forever the only point the only the only issue was people were a bit worried we, we might drop it because we dropped it the season before but that didn't happen we just kept pulling away getting further and further and further away and even in the end after basically only half showing up for games after the lockdown was still won by 18 points so i think the gap is massive i think we might certainly um come down from the points total we were on but I've no, I, I'm with Johnny. I'm, I've no, um, I wouldn't bet on City getting a better points total than they did this season. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for Guardiola to rekindle that that magic. I mean, they, they've dropped off quite considerably, and they go back up when they haven't really addressed the issues, as Johnny's mentioned. Is it's not that easy just to pick up 18 points, or even if you have to pick up 10 points. From eighty one, it's it's not that easy, um, especially when you seem to be on on the downward curve. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Chelsea seven seven new signings minimum. I think uh, it's going to take them time to gel. They've still got issues at the back. They've still got issues at, at keeper. If they sign a keeper, that'll be eight signings. They're basically signing a whole new team. I can't see that working too quickly. Um, yeah. I'm not really. I'm not really going to go any any further down. I don't think United are going to challenge for the title. I, I think. I think the the bigger clubs will, shall we say, that the, they'll record higher points totals than they did um, this season, uh, and the gap will probably be slightly closer. But I would still make us favourites um, by quite some margin. I'm I'm really quite surprised that the bookies don't have us as favourites. So. Despite everybody's gurning and crying and whining about money and signings and everything else, I think it's worth noting that we're all sitting here and most Liverpool fans will be sitting around the world and saying to themselves, I think we're going to win the league. Um, 
So, until we do win the league, up the absolutely skint Reds. Sorry, Dave, just have to correct you there. Before we won the league again. Oh, before we won the league again. Right, sorry. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. No, no, right, so, before we, before we retain the league, <laughs> is that better? That's grand, Dave, yeah. I just right, wanna, okay. I think it's important to know we're winning it again. No, I'm just going to win it again. <laughs> Right, okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, thanks very much, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> On that box, I like. I uh, know, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>